Amen. So I'm pretty pumped up and excited. I think you guys can tell that right now because there's just been so much going on this summer with just doing the things for Jesus Christ. Again, one of them being kids camp. We've been pretty excited. Uh, but one of the things in the process of, of just kind of rejuvenating and getting with God is, is how Jesus did it. You know, when you look in Scripture, you see Jesus is the perfect model and example of how we should be living on earth. You know, and I think so many times we can get caught up, not in a bad way, but right, right motive, but sometimes it just wears us out to just be like Jesus and imitate Jesus. Because Scripture does tell us to do so. But we have to have an understanding that the moment we come to Jesus Christ and the Spirit of God is put in, in us, we are now have that DNA. And that's who we are. We operate through the Spirit of God. And so even though we, we might have missed the mark or, 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 or failed in a certain event, that doesn't count us out. We are still made in his image. You know, one of the things that Jesus did was he, he was always a servant. He came. The moment he came from heaven to earth, he humbled himself. Okay, which is really a step one of being a servant. And he came to serve. Look at your neighbor and say, Jesus came to serve. You know, there, there's, a, there's a portion, so many, again, so many stories in the Bible where we see Jesus doing and revolutionizing everything. But there's a, there, in the book of John chapter 13, you'll see a, a story in the Bible where Jesus is with his 12 disciples, okay? And this one's a little different. He's not walking with them, not just eating with them. This one's a little different. He's actually going to demonstrate something to them. Okay, And what Jesus does is, the, the, the Bible tells us that he wraps a towel around his waist, okay? And he grabs some water and he pours it into a basin or like a bowl, okay? He fills that. And then he starts, you know what he does? He starts washing the feet of the disciples. He starts washing the, okay, I have kids, okay? <laughs> and they love to play outside barefooted, okay? And I love my children so much. But man, sometimes when I wash their feet, I, gotta need, I need a clothespin sometimes just to wash and make sure I get between the toes and everything. And the reason why I, I say that is because I'm pretty sure these disciples walking every day, every night with Jesus. <laughs> I'm not saying it was an easy task, okay? I know Jesus was willing. He's demonstrating. But you got to be real about it, okay? These guys are walking all day, grown men walking all day, okay? And they were, and top it off, before they started, you know, following, a lot of them were fishermen, you know? And I've gone fishing, and it doesn't smell good all the time. I'm just saying that right now. <laughs> Not busting on any fishermen here, okay? But he's, the scenario is he's with the 12 disciples, and he starts washing their feet, okay? And actually, they start, a couple of them start saying, well, well what are you doing, Okay, and now we're going to jump into scripture in John 13, starting verse 12. It says, when he had finished washing their feet, and that's Jesus, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done for you? Jesus asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and your teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. Now check out verse 15, guys. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Then he goes on and he says this, Very truly I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. 
Jesus literally just demonstrated a teaching for his disciples. Now, many times, again, Jesus has taught in so many ways. He shares stories, uh, and we call them the parables. Like, for instance, the farmer sowing seed. Uh, we also have the parable of the lost sheep, uh, where he left the 99 and, and, and pursued for the one. Another parable that was uh, really profound was, was the prodigal son. Okay, and many times Jesus used parables to teach. Then he also used and he gave live scenarios to teach his disciples. For instance, the old widow that gave a fraction of a penny and gave into the, to the, towards the kingdom of God. Then you have the woman that was called in adultery and the grace and the truth and the forgiveness he extended to her. Another teachable moment. And Lazarus rising from the dead. Live scenarios. Now, I'm not saying this is the first time, but I really believe it's really profound that, and, and interesting in a way that Jesus used himself and demonstrated himself something to teach them. And he says, that's because I'm setting an example for you. You call me teacher, you call me master, okay? Typically, the mind wants to do this. Well, you're the boss. We follow and just do whatever you tell us to do. We jump, we jump, Okay? And in, in, in a culture that we live in today, that's, it's kind of true. When they tell you to do something, you do it. We follow. Which, by the way, we do submit to that authority, okay? A healthy authority. But Jesus did something different. The, serve, or the master, okay, the teacher was serving them. Serving them. And so you think about this passage. Jesus literally just sets this example, and then he rises the standard with the disciples so he can demonstrate that the master is here to serve others. You know, you guys know, a lot of you guys know my story, Marty and I's story. We started in ministry in youth. Okay, for almost seven years, we served in the youth ministry. I mean, obviously, it started with the junior hires. Then it went high school, junior high. We did Wednesday night service. By the way, any of my uh, alumni here make some noise? Okay. Oh, you got to be louder than that. You three got to be louder than that right now. <laughs> and I know Josh is here somewhere. There he is. There you go, man. Here's the thing. For almost seven years, we served into the, in the youth ministry. And one of the things that Marty and I found so much success in was with parents and with teenagers, okay? Obviously, it grew from all of generations, but for the seven years, we served them. And I believe the reason why we found so much success, okay, in this ministry was because we didn't come with the mindset of, of, well, you just do what we tell you to do, and you need to love Jesus. That's all you have to do, okay? And if you don't love Jesus, then you need to repent, and you need to, you need to come to church, and, and you need to stop hanging out with those people. We didn't do any of that. We served them. In a sense, not in the natural, that would have been a challenge. We washed their feet in the supernatural realm. We did everything we can to serve them and say, hey, and they had some real problems, okay? Not, not to say, oh, they're just kids. No, 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 no. They face a tough and hard world, world as well. You know, sometimes we can overlook their problems because we're facing issues. Let me tell you something. Go down their hallways Walk to a classroom and, and, and you hear noises and you hear bullying going on or, or you're threatened or, or maybe they're in a temptation. They faced real issues. So Marty and I, all we wanted to do was serve them. And the other part of the success is with parents. We were serving parents as well. I loved it. And if you're one of those parents here, I think that was great. They would come up to us and say, hey, I'm facing this right now. And this, can you pray? Can you help me? And Marty and I like, yep, let's serve these kids. 
And because of it, I would say the majority of them are serving God today. We had, we have, it was just amazing, yeah. Just to brag a little bit, you know, I, we have Amanda here who went overseas, went to Hawaii, learned the mission field, is out there now getting ready to get married and continue to serve Jesus. Alongside with Josh over there, I'm calling him out right now, you know. And there's so many more, I have so many testimonies with these people that come from our house and are doing kingdom work. And I believe it's because one, one piece of it was we served them. We washed their spiritual feet, and we got them ready to enter to a world where it's really hostile to God. You see, we were entitled as leaders, but we, Monty and I just wanted to serve them like Jesus. David is another perfect example in the Bible. Um, and this is more of an insight that God gave me through, a, through a reading and prayer. And he had said to me, you look at David the shepherd boy, and then you look at David the king. Okay? You have David the shepherd boy who was submissive in allowing me to continue to work him while he shepherded and led a flock of sheep. And then he faced some challenges. He had some Goliaths. He had some lions. He had some bears that he had to go through. But then you fast forward in his life, he was entitled as king of Israel. And God really showed me this. He had said, look, the reason why he was in, entitled as a king is because I gave him that position. But the reason why I gave him that position is because he always, 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 going backwards, always, always had a shepherd's heart. You see, it, it's, it, it starts with within us. And I believe David is the perfect example of that. Now, Jesus demonstrates of serving. David served. Jesus served. And then Jesus says, go do the same. Go do the same. Understand, church, okay? We love Jesus. We're on fire for Jesus. We're going to win souls to Jesus. Yes, keep doing that. But salvation only populates the kingdom of God. But serving one another operates the kingdom of God. We need to get a revelation on that, okay? We can populate the kingdom of God. Yes, awesome. But we need to operate the kingdom of God by serving one another. You don't understand what I'm facing, though, Jesse. It is hard. It is, exactly. That's why God put the spirit of God in you. So now you can do the impossible. Operate according to the kingdom of God. Um, Paul says this in the book of Philippians when he uh, writes to the church of Philippi. He says this in uh, chapter 2, verse 5. He says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. In other words, Jesus set the example. We live the example. He set it for us before he went to the cross. He did it before the 12, and he shared it to the world. Now we have to live that example. It's an attitude of our hearts. You see, when we serve one another, it's an attitude of our heart. It's us choosing, okay, not what we feel. Okay, I'm going to say this real loud, but we choose to be selfless and not selfish. You know, a lot of times it's hard to walk in love, okay? And I think I'm going to step on some toes, and that is okay, all right? I think it's hard to walk in love sometimes. It's because we're being selfish at the moment. I'm not saying you're a selfish person, okay? I'm not saying that. But in that moment, are we being selfish? Because when we're selfless, we're, we're willing to put someone else before us. That's what God wanted us to do. That's what Jesus demonstrated. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, it says this, For we are his workmanship, his own masterwork, a work of art, created in Christ Jesus, reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, ready to be used for good works. 
okay, which God prepared for us beforehand, taking the paths which he set so that we would walk in them, living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us. Man, don't you feel purpose? Don't you, you just read that one passage. By the way, it's an amplified version. You read that passage. I, gear, I, I challenge you, read that every day, every morning. You will find purpose in your life to serve one another. Yeah. And it might start with the kids at home. Great, do it. God put them in arm's reach for you. Maybe friends around you, co-workers, awesome. God put them at arm's reach around you. But when you look at that scripture, for us to fulfill that scripture requires us to serve one another, okay? I know sometimes we contemplate, well, I don't know what I'm called to do. I love Jesus. I'm, I, you know, I'm doing everything I can, and I'm reading my Bible. I do my devotion, and praise the Lord, you are. But if you're contemplating, I just don't know what it is, I have an answer for you because he told us the answer. Serve. Serve. Try it. Serve. Well, what do I serve? I don't know. Just start serving the kingdom of God. By the way, we need your help here. If you don't know where to serve, we got plenty. I'll, I'll come into my office. I will show you a list. I will give you options. Hey, you like kids? Here we go. You like coffee? Here you go. We ushering, you want to talk? Here we go. It, you like technology? There's some guys back there that need some help. Serve. Serve. Why well, can't do a Sunday? Guess what we do Monday nights? Powerhouse. Guess what we do Wednesday nights? Youth group. Prayer. Thank you, Pastor Dan. We pray. <laughs> it is. It's very important. We always say this. Wednesday night or Sunday morning starts Wednesday night. Did you know that? Wednesday mornings, what, what, what manifests on our, sorry, on a Sunday morning, what manifests here starts in Wednesday night prayer. We just declare God's favor and that people will be touched. But again, serving. We need you. God, God needs you. His kingdom needs you. He's called you the body. He says, I'll lead you, but I need arms. I need hands to extend and reach and love and walk to places that, that, that is dark. Where is that at? And some of those dark places are simply at your jobs. Think about it for a second. Oh, I don't know. It's just rough. They need, God needs you there. God needs you there. In Isaiah chapter 6, verse 8, it says, Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Isaiah says this, okay, Whom shall I send, okay, and who will go for us? Isaiah hears this voice in heaven. God Almighty, who do I send? Now check out the attitude of him. He says, and I said, here I am, send me. Everyone look at your neighbor and say, here I am. Now look at your neighbor and say, send me. Do you see the attitude of heaven calling down on earth? Who do I send? He, Isaiah's hearing a, overhearing a conversation is what's happening. He didn't talk to him directly, but, but he, he understood, okay, serving. God is looking for someone. Me, me, send me. I'll do it. I'll serve you. I want to serve the kingdom of God. How many times do we overhear conversations in this earthly life knowing there's not just a need, but yet you have the tools and the giftings to operate that need, and we kind of just, well, I didn't hear that. They didn't talk to me directly. I'll wait till they invite me, you know, or, or maybe if they, God, if it's you, send something in the mail, like, and then I'll do it, okay? Isaiah overheard a conversation. I know my church here over, overhears a conversation a lot. A lot. There's a huge thing coming up, by the way, okay? It's called City Fest. I know it's a Grand Rapids thing, but let's think beyond Grand Rapids. We got Chan over here who's really our point person for the res life. 
They're looking for people that's willing to say, here I am, send me. Because there are people that don't know Jesus. Serving. Serving like Jesus served. Um, Understand when you're a servant, it means, this is what it means. It's not about me and it's not even about you. It's about God. And what he has in store for this whole grand plan that he's doing called life, okay? Uh, When you look at the, in the New Testament, you see these authors. Confession, all right? Maybe you're in the same boat. You guys, man, every time I say confession, everyone's like, whoop. You guys are ready. (laughs) You're ready, aren't you? But sometimes, I don't do it anymore because God really showed me some things. But I would open my Bible, let's just say Philippians, and I skip the first, like, three verses. Because it's just... Paul, an apostle, you know, it's all, it's the beginning, of, and I'm like, I just want to get, the, get to the good stuff. But then God showed me one day, he says, I want you to look at the authors of the Bible that were all inspired by the Spirit of God. Look at what Paul says in Romans chapter 1, verse 1. He says, Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ. Ooh, okay, look what Peter says in 2 Peter 1.1. 1, 1. Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ. Look what he look what Jude says, the brother of Jesus. Look what Jude says in one. He says, Jude, a servant of my brother Jesus Christ. Do you see the heart and the attitude of these authors? They were servants first. They understood their identity as sons in Christ, but on earth, we're gonna serve and show the world. We're gonna serve them first. So before they wrote anything out, before they were about to be inspired by the Holy Spirit, they had to let the world know servant. My attitude, my actions, my wife's attitude, her actions. We want people to hear this with loud voices. Jesse and Marty, servants of Jesus Christ. Is your actions uh, echoing that here on earth? I am a servant of Jesus Christ. Understand, church, and you need to hear me very closely on this one. I don't want, I don't want any uh, uh, emails later. You need to hear the heart of this. But there is a difference between being a servant and being a volunteer. There is a difference between being a servant and being a volunteer. A volunteer is great intentions, but it's all totally based off of my convenience. Oh, maybe I can't do this in my schedule. Yeah, I'm open Mondays or I'm open these days. That's a volunteer. And we all start there, by the way. We all start there, but we should be growing into servants, okay? Because what serving is, it's humility or humbling ourselves. Serving is, uh, it's based off inconvenience. Maybe it's giving up time, giving up money. Maybe it's making God look good, staying committed to what I said I was going to stay committed to. And all I want to do here, all my wife wants to do here, all Pastor Danny and Dinah, they want to do is help you guys reach that. Reach that level of, you know what? It's for him. It's not even about me. It's not even about you. It's for all because of him. All because of Jesus Christ. So I'm going to close it with this. Three insights. Three insights to help you serve God. And the first one is this. Get an insight of who you are in Jesus Christ. That's where it starts. Okay? It always starts with Jesus Christ. Get an insight of who you are in Jesus Christ. David said this in Psalms chapter 1, verse 39. Or sorry, uh, chapter 139, verse 14. He says, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful, and I know that full well. That is called confidence. Actually, that is called Godfidence. David had confidence in him. 
If you read the story, if you read the Bible of David's life, you'll see the trials and the struggles and the, even the temptations and the failures that he went through. But he knew who he was in the Lord. I mean, you, look at the giant, Goliath. Little boy, a whole army just intimidated. But because he had intimacy with the Heavenly Father, he wasn't intimidated by any man. And he even told him what he was going to do. He says, I'm coming in the name of the Lord. Practically, he pretty much said this. It's not about me and it's not about you. It's about him. And me killing you and knocking this giant out is for him. Okay, so I'm doing this in the name of the Lord. David was confident in who he was. And you should too. You should have that confidence in you. You should have that confidence in you. The moment you come to Jesus Christ, understand that he is with you always. We were talking about this earlier during the worship time. And it's just having that presence with you, building out that presence. I know my children, they, they, they believe they can conquer anything if daddy's holding their hand. You know, you leave them alone, where are you at? Our Heavenly Father is always there with us. The moment we come to Jesus Christ, he's always reminding us of who we are in him. He's always telling us, you can do all things in me, who I give you. This. He's telling you, you can walk, do the impossible. You can walk the waters. You can, you, you can trample over every scorpion, every snake, every demonic thing in hell. You have that because of me is what he says. That's confidence. And what you just simply have to do is say, I believe that. I believe that. Well, I'm weak. Good, because he's going to show up strong in you. David had confidence. You should have confidence in who you are in Christ. So number two is this. Get an insight of the church. Get an insight of the church. Not just going to church. It's not what I'm talking about. But knowing you are the church. You are all the church. The moment you leave, church is still going on in your life. You are the hands. You are the feet of, of, of the body. You are serving, okay? Now, and don't serve mechanically. Understand that you have to understand that you, you have to flow through what you were created to be, okay? Maybe it's a season of I'm just a stay-at-home mom. Mom, awesome. Operate in that because we need more godly mothers to nurture their children and to raise little warriors, to go after a, a, a Christ in the kingdom of God and to get all these people. Maybe it's just, oh, I'm just stuck in this, this one job. Serve like no one else serves and be an example of, of the kingdom of God. Psalms 92, 12 says this. The righteous will flourish like the palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon. Verse 13, planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of God. Get an, get an insight that you are the church. Don't wait for God. Don't just pray, God, send somebody to take care of this person that's right in front of you. <laughs> you were sent. You were God sent. <laughs> and he wants you to do something. He wants you to operate in that, okay? And the last one I'll close it off with is this. Get an insight of not just who you are, of not just the church, but also get an insight of the kingdom of God. Okay, because Romans chapter 14 verse 17 says this, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating or drinking. I like to say it's just not a natural thing, okay? But the kingdom of God is of righteousness, peace, joy in the Holy Spirit. It's a supernatural thing. It's an eternal thing. Church, you know one of our visions here is, is, is to take the two eternal things on earth. The rest is temporal, by the way, but there's two eternal things here on earth, and that's the Word of God, and that's people. 
and we want to just bring them together. That's the mission of this church, bringing them together. How does that look? Well, let's see who God gives us, and let's see what their giftings are, and we will make it happen in the name of Jesus Christ. We have to get an insight of the kingdom, and when we do that, let me tell you something, an eternal impact happens. You know, my school teacher back in, at, at, uh, in Tulsa, he used to say it this way in such an old voice. I mean, because he, he's pretty old. He's awesome, though. He's, he's just a spiritual father. But he would say, when you take the, super, the natural and the supernatural and you bring it together, it creates an explosive force for God. Don't you ever forget that. That's what he would say to us. Some of you guys know who I'm talking about. He would, he would always say that. And what he was practically saying was this, Romans 14, 17. And all we want to do is take those two things and find ways to bridge them together. And the only way to do that is by having an insight of the kingdom of God and understanding that you are in front lines right now. And God wants you to do something. Will you accept that, church? Will you accept that? Let's go ahead and close our eyes and bow our heads.